Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Charger Football Podcast hosted by Andy Dietrich with Coach Doug Dynan. And this week's special guest is senior linebacker Micah Fretz. The Charger Football Podcast is sponsored by OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School. Welcome to the Charger Football Podcast. My name is Andy Dietrich. I'm a curriculum coordinator for Northwest Allen County Schools, and I'm the football team statistician. Later in the podcast, you'll hear from head coach Doug Dynan and senior co-captain linebacker Micah Fretz. I want to thank our sponsor, Optimal Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School Athletics. Last Friday night, the Snyder Panthers visited the Dean Gorsuch Athletic Complex on the campus of Carroll High School for our first home game of the 2018 season. The Panthers are the standard bearers of high school football in Northeast Indiana, and they are the ones all programs in the area are measured against. Coming into the game, the Chargers were 0-6 against the Panthers, and most games weren't close. Over the last two years, Snyder has outscored us 121-21, but on Friday night, we were able to flip the script with a 38-14 victory to improve to 1-1 on the season. The game didn't start out well for Carroll as quarterback Gavin Vogt was intercepted on the first offensive play in the game. Snyder failed to capitalize, however, and was forced to punt. Carroll had a three and out, and after a so-so punt, they gave Snyder great field position in Charger territory. Three plays later, they were able to take a 7-0 lead. The Chargers responded with a three-play touchdown drive of their own to get within a point at 7-6. Later in the first period, a Micah Fretz interception return gave the Chargers the ball in Panther territory. Here's Ryan Dellinger of SummitCitySports.com with the call. Defensive backs are deep. Here's a straight drop. He'll look. Picked off by number five by Micah Fritz. Picks it off and he's off to the races. He read John Barnes. Barnes looked right at Lito the entire time. We got a flag on the field, though. A flag on the field on the far side. I believe it might be on maybe the Snyder sideline. The ensuing drive culminated with the second of Rhett Saylor's three touchdown runs. Here's a turn to give to Saylor. He'll bounce it to the outside, and he's got green grass all the way to the end zone. The Chargers on the board again. The Chargers then elected to go for two and were successful to go up 14 to 7. Red Sailor offset to the right of Gavin Vogt. Hera down to the bottom. Straight roll again. He'll step through some coverage. Throw on the run. And it's two points is good. The Carroll leads 14 to 7. With the score 24-7 Chargers heading into the second half, Kate Dynan made a diving interception on Snyder's second possession of the third quarter, and the Chargers then took 5 minutes and 40 seconds off the game clock when they marched 75 yards in 15 plays, finishing on a 6-yard TD pass from Vote to Nathan Hara to effectively put the game away at 31-7. A must stop for the Panthers right here. Group receivers now to the top side. Over to the near side. That's Childers. They might throw a fade here. Good pump. Look, look. Fired over the middle of the wide open. Nathan Hara. Number 11, Gavin Vogt. 
On the first play of the fourth quarter, Camden Childers produced the OPS optimal performance of the game provided by Summit City Sports as he made a great catch on a 36-yard pass from Vote. Snap, it's play action, Vote looks, fires deep, got a wide open wide receiver, under throws it, and Tyler's with the catch. What a play by The drive ended with a vote seven-yard TD run to round out the Chargers scoring at 38-7. Snyder would later return a punt 80 yards for a touchdown to make the final score 38-14. To say the Chargers played well is an understatement. They racked up 27 first downs on 409 total yards while holding the Panthers to seven first downs on just 173 total yards. Snyder only had 29 total yards and one first down in the second half. Quarterback Gavin Vogt was 18 of 30 for 227 yards with one interception and one touchdown pass. He also rushed for 45 more yards and another TD. Running back Rhett Saylor had 23 rushes for 102 yards and three touchdowns. Wide receiver Nathan Hara had eight catches for 91 yards and one TD. And fellow receiver Candom Childers had six receptions for 98 yards. On defense, linebacker Hunter Mertz led the way with six tackles and a blocked punt. Terrell Griffin and Wes Stevens each had a quarterback sack. And Micah Fretz, Cade Dynan, and Lincoln Lance each had an interception. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome head coach Doug Dynan. How are you doing, Doug? Very good, Andy. Thanks very much. It's uh, been a great weekend, and you know we've uh, enjoyed the win and celebrated the win and uh, honestly now it's time to flip the page and, and prepare for you know week three. Well you just heard the recap of the game and the one thing about this team that I really really like after two weeks is how resilient they are. There are Andy there are some some characteristics that always you know are prevalent when you have have good teams you know good programs good kids and and, and I think that we're blessed to have all those things and some of those characteristics are that kids are, are willing and understand, you know, hard work. They understand, you know, the relationships they have with each other is most important. And that's, that's what you see. You see kids that want to be together, that want to work hard, that enjoy their time together. They also believe and they believe in the program. They believe in things that they're being taught. They believe in the direction. You know, they believe in the fact that, if you do work hard, then positive things will happen. Along with the fact that you have to continually practice, play, and perform at a high level all the time. And so what I just gave you are the four core values of our, of our program, hard work, investment in the lives of each other, competitive excellence, and belief. And those things are prevalent, and those things are what we see continually with our players. The, the great point, the great point about athletics is that you, you get tested every week and, and it's not just in the ball game, but how do you respond? Week one, we fall a little short. You, you, you get a choice. You have a choice that you're going to make. Are you going to respond? Are you going to work hard? Are you going to invest? Are you going to rebound and perform at a high level? Or are you going to give in? And so many times in our society, we're, we have a tendency to accept mediocrity 
and give in and, and not work to the level that we're capable of. And, and that's what we're not seeing. And that's such a positive thing with our kids. For the second week in a row, the kids were down just a touchdown and it didn't really seem to bother them. They, they immediately responded to the other team's score with a scoring drive of their own. And even on the first play of the game was an interception. That didn't seem to bug them at all. No. They stopped Snyder on the ensuing uh, possession. It's like this, this team just doesn't seem to worry about the other team. They just do what they want to do. And, and that message was, was given on the sidelines too. And I, I talked, you know, openly with Gavin, you know, it, you know, so what, you know, we made a mistake. You threw an interception you know, it's early in the game that, that we are not even close to being done. Let it go, respond, and, and work to be, to be better this next series. The only thing that matters is the next play. And our kids really understand that. You know, as you said, they, they made a stop. Defensively, they made a stop there at midfield. Force a punt. Um, we're backed up. We have to punt. We give them good field position. We get a little busted coverage. Um, they score, you know, deservingly. I mean, it was a good play. You know, they got good players. You know, Lido scores a touchdown. You know, but again, our, our kids didn't quit. You know, they take the ball, they go down, they drive, they score. And again, you're faced with adversity because we missed the extra point. And, and you could, at that time, you could say, here we go. Here we go. We're down by one. We lost last week by a missed extra point. That wasn't the feeling at all. And and that became apparent, too, after we score the next touchdown and we go for two and we convert, but we have an alignment issue and we get a flag. And so we need to convert the extra, the second point or the two-point conversion a second time, and we convert that again. And, you know, again, what that shows is that, you know, the kids understand that not everything's going to be perfect. Not everything's going to work the first time, but continually, if you work hard, if you invest, that things are going to pay off. One thing that I did notice, and you talked about with the penalty negating the first two-point conversion opportunity, and then you converted the second one. A couple other times during the game, we had scored a touchdown, and it was negated by penalty. The kids were like, no big deal. We'll just score again. And they did it. I mean, how resilient is this group of kids? It's just amazing. And it wasn't only that drive. We had we had another, you know, critical drive, you know, to where we had, you know, about honestly, Andy, I think it was about first and about twenty-five. And and we had a sack, you know, we had a, a run play for a little gain. You know, we complete a pass to Nathan that puts us back to about where the original sticks are. And Camden Childers makes a big catch. You know, Gavin's sprinting out a little bit, makes a big catch for a first down. And again, that elevates, that elevates your spirit that you understand that, you know, you can do this, that you can continually convert. You can continually, you know, come through and face adversity and, and overcome situations if you don't give up. And that's what we're seeing. And that's the way our kids played all night long. Your wide receiver core is really starting to set the tone. Uh, they are running very good patterns, and they turn and flash the numbers to Vote, and then he hits them. And Vote is throwing a very catchable ball. He rarely throws it to the wrong shoulder. It's like it's in the right spot every time. And a couple of times, like you talk about Camden Childers, he made two great crucial catches, which gives your quarterback even more confidence to throw to these guys. 
we, we spend a lot of time in, in the timing of our passing game. Andy Papagianis, who is our offensive coordinator, coaches the wide receivers and is very, very diligent in terms of their depth of their routes, their running of their routes. And we work together. I coach the quarterbacks, and we work together a lot in terms of the timing of the quarterback delivering the ball, the quarterback understanding the coverage that he's seeing, the quarterback understanding where the break point of the route is going to be. And, and, and the kids, you know, not, I'm not going to take the credit. The kids do a tremendous job of understanding the offense, of playing extremely fast, playing very hard. You know, one of one of the, the concerns, I guess, when you come into a new season is, you know, who did we lose and, and who's going to fill those shoes? And last year we had a good receiver core. You know, Justin Becker, you know, set every record and was a very fast guy. And that was a good receiver core that we had last year. And when you take Gavin out of that receiver core and put him in quarterback, there's another spot that you're concerned about. But I'm going to be honest, this receiver core, you know, with, with Leighton and Nathan and Camden and, and now Eddie Bransfield playing at tight end, and he is a big body. Um, it, you know, and Bowden Height played for us, you know, only a sophomore at receiver. And they're all doing a tremendous job, again, understanding their routes, their responsibility, their blocking scheme, and the timing of the passing game and, and making things happen. You talk about Bransfield, and I want to pick your brain on this one. There was a play, I believe it was in the second quarter, and we were on a good drive, and it looked like a broken play, like Rhett ran the wrong way, Gavin thought about going in, but there's Bransfield running a seam route down the middle, and Gavin steps back and throws a strike. That play went for like 20 yards. Was that a designed No, I remember the play extremely well. The play is, it was uh, what we call – it was a, we were having a motion. We're going to motion the tight end across, and then we're going to run four. We're going to run two hitches on the outside, which is a three-step timing pass, four hitches, or I should say two hitches, and the outside receivers are running about seven yards back to five yards, and they're expecting the ball within about 1.4 seconds. The two inside receivers are going to run vertical routes down the seam to occupy safeties. You know, technically what we want to do is we want to clear the inside defenders so that we can throw a hitch to the outside. Now, here's why it looks like a broken play, because I have no idea why. And then sometimes we we as coaches, we as players, you know, kind of lose ourselves in the moment. And Gavin just lost himself in the moment for just a second. And he gave a little token ball fake to Rhett, and that wasn't supposed to happen. But his response to that was immediate, and his eyes got back up, and he sees the open of the feet, the open of the middle field, and hits Eddie, and it becomes a great play. So, what looks like a broken play was only because of the play action in the backfield was a little bit different. Eddie ran a nice route, you know, catches a seam route down, puts us in scoring position. That was a nice play because you know historically we have not thrown to yeah, the tight end right. very often. You're right. We haven't had, and Eddie's probably the the biggest body that we've had at tight end probably in nine years since I've been here. And he allows us and affords us the opportunity to, to do a couple of things. One, line him up on the line of scrimmage, even if we flex him off a little bit and, and add another blocker onto the line of scrimmage for the run. And that's been beneficial. Secondly, he has good hands. He's a baseball player. You know, he, he catches the ball well. 
you know, he's got good athleticism. He, he runs the field well and, and, and he's, and he's making plays. He's making plays when we have to, he was, he was a integral big part to that offense. We used that a good bit when we, you, I'm sure that you saw, we would shuffle him on the interior and maybe lead interior for a linebacker or shuffle him and, and kick an edge. And, and that opportunity allowed us to be able to run the ball a little bit better. Yeah, you talk about sealing the edge. I think this is one thing that I've seen our team do really, really well is we've sealed the edge consistently, and Rhett Saylor is so fast, he gets to that edge in a hurry, and then it's trouble for the defensive backfield because they're just not as fast as him. Rhett's a very fast kid, and and I know exactly what you're talking about. There were a couple of touchdown plays when we were in short yardage situations, and we sealed the edge on the short yardage situations, and he just ran around everybody. In the second half, we ran, you know, after we went in and met and we reevaluate some film and looking at huddle on the sideline pads. And, you know, it was it was apparent that we could run a play and we happen to call this play buck sweep, you know, which is a honestly, it's an old wing T play. You know, people back in the 70s and 80s used to run wing T and they would pull two guards today. Kind of the in vogue thing to call that is pin and pull. At halftime, we said we can run buck sweep. We can pin everybody down. We can lead guys to the perimeter and let Rhett go, and and he did it. And and Evan Harris even you know took a couple opportunities and got outside the edge as well. And so our you know our running backs are running hard. You know, and as you said, we're getting good we're getting good execution by the offensive line, our receivers, and and, and Gavin is distributing the ball as he should, and he's playing phenomenal right now. Let's talk about your defense. Uh, I've noticed that our defense has been able to get consistent pressure and actually get in the backfield even on runs to disrupt stuff. Talk about this defensive line and this linebacker. The most important part to to any defensive scheme is being able to control the line of scrimmage. It doesn't matter if it's a pass scheme or a run scheme. If you don't control the line of scrimmage, then you're not going to be successful. We talked about this with our guys from the beginning and said, hey, look, you've got some guys up here in the front that have experience that can play, that are physical, that can get upfield, that can get pressure on a quarterback, that can defend the run. You've got to be successful doing that because you got some young guys playing behind you that need the extra time, and and they're doing that. You know, Terrell is putting tremendous pressure in the backfield. Edmund Johnson is is doing a great job of maintaining the line of scrimmage. You know, and, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, about those guys. You know, one being able to defend the run, we did that well be able to put pressure on the quarterback so they don't have time to read coverages, see everything in front of them, you know, and, and hopefully be able to get to the quarterback for sacks. And they're, and they're doing that. And that's, that is the key. And you talk about your young backfield, that group had three interceptions. Cade had one and then Lincoln Lance had another one. And then your linebacker covered his guy and had an interception. So your, your pass defense on the back end is actually coming the pass together. defense has, has been tremendous. It really is. And, you know, we ask our corners very simply, you know, what it doesn't matter, you know, if it's if it's Ray, you know, if it's Kate, it doesn't matter who that is. You know, you got to keep guys in front of you. You know, don't let guys get behind you to where they're going to have shots to the end zone. They've done a great job of that. Um, Hunter Mertz playing at safety. Lincoln Lance playing at safety. You know, those guys are, are reading formations. They're reading coverages. They're reading sets. You know, they're reading routes. And they're doing a great job of responding to what they're seeing in front of them, being in position, 
you know, Micah, Micah is doing a tremendous job, not only against the pass, but against the run. Micah had a great interception. He took it all the way back to the 30-yard line, put us in great field position. You know, we, we had a penalty on that play, on that return, on that interception, brought us back. We get another penalty, and it sets it back to about the minus 35, but we still capitalize capitalize on that situation, and that's what's important. For the first time ever, we defeated Snyder, and our kids played really, really well. But being a, a former Snyder coach yourself, what did this win mean to you? Going in, you, you know one thing is going to be true, that, that the Snyder kids are going to play hard. They're going to be very well coached. They're not going to give up. Their tenacity is, is going to be you know, vigilant throughout the whole game. And our kids knew that, and we had to play at a higher level every time. You know, yes, it's special. You know, when you spend 17 years of your life, you know, in that program, to be able to go to a new program, build that program, and then finally, you know, get a win, you know, against the guys that that you spend a lot of time with. I mean, my hat's off to those guys. Russ Isaacs is my mentor. You know, I cut my teeth in coaching, you know, underneath him and, and understanding the offensive, defensive schemes, special team schemes by what he installed, by what he taught. And moreover than just offensive and defensive schemes, by the way that you deal with people, you know, the way that you handle, the way that you lead, the way that you interact, the, the daily the daily things that you do within a program to build a program. You know, hopefully that's what we we have brought to Carroll and hopefully that's what our kids are seeing, you know, and, and it's paying dividends. For. Well, that's going to wrap it up talking about the Snyder football game. When we get back from the break, there's going to be an interview with Micah Fretz, senior linebacker and co-captain. So enjoy this message from our sponsor, OPS. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS. Rethink your limits. Uh, welcome back, everybody. This week's special player profile is senior co-captain Micah Fretz, who is also a starting linebacker. Welcome to the show, Micah. Thank you, Mr. Dietrich. Thanks for having me. The defense uh, over two weeks has actually played pretty well in the modern spread offense. Kind of if you can hold a, an offense below 300 total yards, you're doing pretty well. How are you guys playing so well? Uh, I think one of our biggest things on defense is why we're playing so well is our brotherhood that we have. Everybody's out there. We're not playing for ourselves. We're playing for the guy next to us. That's what it's really all about. That's why we're playing so well. I mean, our D-line has stepped up a ton. The first week, even to the second week, Terrell, Ethan, Edmund, and Wes, you know, have all played big roles. You know, they've stepped up. Our secondary is a lot more confident now. I mean, they had a few young guys to start the year off, and now they're all starting to get the groove. We've got a lot of young guys taking in big spots, so it's been pretty fun. We had a lot of effort coming in, and that's been the biggest thing for this unit, just to play as brothers and play as one team. You guys have also been really good at having the other team lay the ball on the ground. Lures in the first game, I believe, had four fumbles. We may have only recovered one, but that still means you're getting your hands in there, uh, helmet on the ball, etc. And then you had four turnovers. Nice. So do you guys work on that in practice? Yeah, actually, all offseason, our uh, biggest point of emphasis was our tackling. You know, because last year, that was one of our weak spots. Um, but this year, the coaches made it an emphasis. You know, that's what we're going to do this summer. This is what we're going to improve on. And this is one thing that we need to do better as, as a team. So that is actually one thing that we've been working on. We work on it daily in practice. When 
we're not in pads, you know, we work hawk tackle drills, just wrapping up and do all that and get our head on the right side of the ball. So that's just stuff that we do daily. One of the things that I've noticed this year is you guys have been able to put pretty good, consistent pressure on the passers. Have you guys changed schemes or is it just the fact that you guys are just playing better. It's not even that we've changed schemes, just going one-on-ones in practice. You know, we got some of the best receivers in the SAC in practice. So working one-on-ones against them, you know, we're, we're able to work on that lockdown coverage on them. And then plus the amount of film that we're watching, you know, we watch film two times a week. You know, everybody's spending at least 30 minutes a night on film. So, I mean, even that stuff is just helping us know, knowing what plays are coming. You can expect what they're going to run. And then plus going up against guys that are the best in the SAC in practice helps a lot. Probably picking up from the film tendencies the opposing linemen have, and you probably guys are using that to beat them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we work a lot of high hats. So, you know, you can tell when they're going to throw because, you know, they got pass rush forms. You know, when they're not coming out at me, I know that it's going to be a pass. So I can get my drop. So that's just a lot of things we've been working, you know, watching a lot of tendencies. That's just one thing that we work a lot of Carol, just watching for tendencies and knowing what we're going to do next. One thing that I've noticed, particularly in your play, is that your pass coverage gotten much better. And I think you've really, really improved in that aspect. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's one thing that we've worked on a lot this summer. As linebackers know, we don't have the biggest linebackers at Carroll, but we do have the speed and not the size at all at Carroll. But so we're using the size or the speed this year for us just to get our depth, getting drops. And that's one thing that we lacked last year is we didn't have the depth that we needed at all. So this year with that's one thing that was the emphasis as well getting depth so that way we can cover our ground and then take care of every zone with our eyes and then some with our body now you talked earlier about the brotherhood and one of the things that i've noticed from this team in only two games is there seems to be this chemistry that you guys really get along and i think that has led to confidence so talk about how this brotherhood has developed i mean basically uh, one of our core values is investing in the lives of each other so that's one thing that we like to instill i mean coach Dana has instilled that into us i mean from freshman year day one that's the first thing you know we have to invest in lives each other if we don't invest we're not going to be successful so with him investing that into us um wanted to pass that on so i mean as seniors first day of summer conditioning we say hey these are your seniors we're going to be your senior leaders name numbers elementary should we play and we get everybody comfortable with each other and then as far as it goes on the field we have to be able to have that trust from the get-go in the summer to be able to hey you know what i trust this guy to have my back no matter what play we're on what series we're in no matter the circumstances in a game so i think everything is just investing lives with each other caring about what they're doing outside of school so it's not even just what we're doing on the football field but you know what kids are doing on their activities after the games what kids are doing even on their daily life has the brian kane stuff that the athletic department as a whole has been working on for the last two years. Has that helped with your guys' resiliency? Yeah, you know, I mean, from coming from a baseball too. So I, I'm on the baseball team as well, and so is Lincoln Lance, our safety. So, you know, me and him both have gone through three years of this now. So being able to work a release, being able to let go, and then E plus R equals O is one thing that Coach Dunn has also instilled is our event plus response equals our outcome. So we're going to have an event all through the game. How we respond is going to determine our outcome. I mean, that first drive, they throw a touchdown across the middle into the end zone. You know, we have, how are we going to respond to that? Are we going to get down, stay down? No, we're going to get back up and respond. And that was one thing that we have talked about a lot this year. How are we going to respond when adverse times come? I, I do think that the Brian K stuff has been helping. And to be able to work the release has been a really good thing for Carroll. You are now a senior, and this is your fourth year in the football program. What has being a member of the Carroll football program meant to you? Um, it's been the world. You know, at times I was thinking about not playing, but then I remember, you know, these are my brothers. This is what I've worked for. Coming back sophomore year after freshman year I didn't know if I really wanted to play had an injury freshman year but then after further consideration I talked with coach Diner I talked with everybody I said hey I'm really struggling I came back out and this is the family this is what I live for for every time we break for anything whether it's for a drill 
for a game out of the locker room, no matter what we say. Family on three, boo-boo on six. So there's a reason why we say that family. It's because we all have each other's back, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation. Coming with these, uh, to come hang with these guys, you know, there's nothing better than that. Each and every day um, is just an incredible journey with each of them. And having a coaching staff that cares about who we are as a man rather than who we are as a player is probably one of the biggest things that Carroll football has done for me. In a few months, football is going to be over. And as you said, you do have your baseball season coming up. By the end of your senior year, what are your plans for next year? As of right now, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm, I have an opportunity. If I have an opportunity to go play college sports, whether that's baseball, football, or both, I'm going to do that. But other than that, you know, to go to college, I'm going to study criminal justice or criminology, and then possibly minor in Spanish. So wherever that takes me, whatever school that happens to be, you know, that's just what I'm going to have uh, end up doing. Wherever, wherever sports take me, it takes me. Micah, you and I have known each other for eight years. As I mean, my son has played on the baseball team with you. To see you grow and become such a good football player, and I remember you as a squirrely little kid, <laughs> and now you've turned into a fantastic young man. And I know your family is is awesome. Your brothers and your mother and your dad and and even your sister, they've done a lot yeah. uh, to help you. Yes, so thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and continue your growth as a football player and have a fantastic season. Thank you very much, Mr. Dietrich. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS, rethink your limits. Welcome back, everybody. Our final segment of today is going to be talking about our next opponent, the Northside Legends. Coach Dinan, give us a preview of what to expect from the Legends when they come to town next Friday night. Well, first of all, offensively, Northside has, has talented players. Uh, they have a quarterback that, that runs well, passes well, uh, Ronald Collins. They have a running back that at one time was a Carroll kid, Alex Holiday Robinson. He's a very athletic kid, um, runs, runs extremely well. They've got receivers that, that can go get the ball and, again, are very talented. Uh, defensively, what we see is – is a scheme that's very familiar, very similar, not only to what we saw last week at times, but a scheme that's very familiar to what we will run as well. And that's a, a 4-2-5 scheme, which is based upon a 4-4 scheme, and they'll take a, a backside linebacker and rolling back to a safety. So the, the familiarity, and that's why I say that, the familiarity of, of the defense and the scheme is very good for us offensively. You know, because when you have confidence, you're going to have be more courageous and be able to execute your job a little bit better. Um, on offense, you know, they like to run RPOs. You know, they like to have their quarterback run the ball. You know, they're they're predominantly run. They like to pass the ball at the same time. You know, and so they're always going to present problems. You know, when you have a dual threat quarterback, you know, and it, it makes us be disciplined on the defensive side. One, you know, you've got to put pressure. You've got to control the line of scrimmage. Two, you've got to be able to defend the quarterback in the run. Three, you've got to be able to defend downfield and take care of the pass at the same time. So all of those things, you know, regardless of, of north side start, that's immaterial because they play good opponents. They open with north side. They played Dwanger week two. Those are, those are tremendous opponents, and, and that's a gauntlet to open the season with. 
So you know, what, what we have to do is not overly concern ourselves with our opponent, but do what we do better. Improve your person, improve what you do every minute within every drill so that you as an individual become better. And once I can take care of myself, my 20 square feet, then I can be better, be better within the program. I can be a better leader. I can be better within the scheme. I can be better within the offensive, defensive side. And that's the emphasis. The emphasis is do what you do better every day. And, and we've seen that. In two weeks, we've seen that. Week three cannot be a letdown. Week three has to be a mark where you show we have been resilient. We've had success. We understand how to win. We're going to expect success. Go do it. You know, you talk about expect success. This is the one change that I've seen consistently through your nine years is that now our kids are expecting to win instead of hoping to win. That is a huge mindset. And I think this team kind of personifies it better than most. They're just so confident. And you're right. You're exactly right. You know, in that the fact that, you know, first and foremost, you have to teach kids how to get the job done. And, And I'm not talking just about athletics. This could go into the classroom. This is talking about kids mowing the grass. This is talking about relationships with others. Teach them how to do what they're doing better. Teach them how to do things properly. And then they start to gain an an expectation of, of how do you perform and an expectation that if I do these things right, things will pay off. And and that's what we're seeing. You know, our, our kids now, they demand excellence out of each other. They hold each other accountable. They know the culture. Leadership determines culture within the program. We've had great leadership. These past two years have probably been the highest leadership that I've seen within our program in nine years. And it continues again this year. The leadership within the culture, just like Micah Fretz. Micah Fretz is a great example of that. You know, you had them on the podcast as well. He is a kid that now understands, truly understands leadership within the program. Because again, the leadership determines the culture of the program. The culture will determine behavior of all those in the behavior. And the behavior is what is going to determine whether or not you're going to have success or not. So that pathway of performance is something that the kids have to demand, they have to expect, and they see that it's beneficial. If you do these things and it doesn't show reward, if it doesn't show benefit, if it isn't positive to them, are they going to believe? They're going to question it. And so belief being part of the core values, they see that they have results. They see that they have positive results and success, and then they start to believe in everything that they're taught. Well, I, for one, cannot wait from next Friday night to watch these kids play so well again. Coach Dynan, thanks for being on the show again, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week of practice, and let's get ready to take on the Legends. Yep, absolutely. We get to be home again, so everybody come out and support the Chargers. Thank you very much. We would like to thank our athletic trainers, Steve Lubyhusen, Michaela Hoffman, and Jordan Redding, who along with OPS and the Doctors of Fort Wayne Orthopedics provide all the sports medicine services for Northwest Allen County Schools. Go where the Chargers go.